Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Well, we're in this Soul Summer series. No specific theme for the series, just whatever God is speaking through, whoever is... uh, speaking that Sunday, preaching that Sunday. So um, I want to just share something on my heart, which I feel is really relative to where we're at right now. The media seems hell-bent again in sticking fear back in us. They tried it with COVID, and now they're trying to do it with um, the economic crisis that we're facing. And by the way, I'm also a realist. I understand the situation that is going on right now. But I want to teach from God's word about God, what God's word says, where we're at as a, a society right now. And we're going to be talking from the life of Abraham. I think it's going to help a whole lot of people. We're going to have a response at the end. It happened in the first service. And a lot of people found a fresh revelation, a fresh faith perspective on, the, on God. So I hope that happens this service. Now, Abraham. Abraham was the father, the patriarch of the Jewish people. And, but like all leaders, like all leaders, Abraham was tested. In fact, Abraham was tested five times, five times, five major tests. If you're writing notes, when you become a Christian, you enter the test zone, okay? You will continually be tested. And he lived for 175 years, and he faced five major tests. I want to just read out four tests, and we're going to look at the fifth test, uh, drill down on that one. First test, he was tested with death for not worshipping an evil king called Nimrod. Okay, and he passed the test. Second test is he was tested with not being able to bear children. Um, and then uh, he, he bought Isaac to Sarah, who was 90 years old when he had his first child. Who knows, that's a, that's a good test. Okay, wanted a child for his whole life, which, uh, which means at 89, they kept the fire burning. Okay, I'll move on. Wait for the family series. Third test. Block your ears if you're a little squeamish at test three. At 99, God asks Abraham to circumcise himself. Don't blame me, it's in the Bible. If you walk out now, it's okay. I don't blame you. Fourth test. Fourth test. His wife, Sarah, was kidnapped by the Egyptians. Now, some of you might see that more as a testimony than a test. Okay, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. By the way, ladies... She was kidnapped, the Bible says, because she was more beautiful than the rest. So they kidnapped her. So there we go. If your wife goes missing, you'll know why. But his biggest and final test lay ahead. And I want to set the scene. Because in Old Testament times, to get God's attention, people would sacrifice animals, sacrifice incense to catch God's attention. And it needed to be of a great cost. A great sacrifice. Now, thankfully, who's grateful that we don't need to kill a bull or a lamb or pour Chanel perfume at 500 pound a bottle on the floor to try and get God's attention? We can go directly to God at any time without any of that. But God required something from Abraham, something greater than all the rest. He required his son, his only son. The one, the one he'd waited 25 years for. And God says, I'm going to one more test, and it's this. I want you to sacrifice your son. 
and it is a test of all magnitudes. In fact, if you even try to think about it, you cannot imagine what he was facing. God was saying, he's saying, Abraham, are you prepared to give me, are you prepared to give me what is costly to you? So I want us to stand and we're going to read, we all stand and honor the word of God, Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to read this and then we're going to pray and we're going to apply this to our Monday. God said, take your son Abraham, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Can you imagine this moment where God says, I want you to take your son, your only son. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Who would be relieved in that moment? I mean, that's the relief moment. You're going, whew. Abraham looked up and in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed as its burnt offering instead of his son. And this is the, the point I want to raise today. Verse 14. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, July 2022, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Father, you are our source. You are our provision. And I pray today we will get a fresh revelation that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God of more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. I encourage you, if you can, pull out your phone, notepad, right in the back of your Bible. I'm going to just, just give you two or three principles to help us, especially in this season of lack, especially in this season of fear. Because in this moment, it was a miracle moment, but it was also a moment where two aspects of God's character and God's nature are revealed to humanity. God was no longer just the God that, who was a creator or he was God who was a judge. He was now revealing himself as something else. When I first met Chantel in 2001, two things jumped out immediately. One, she was outrageously attractive. And secondly, she was ridiculously mischievous. Now, we've been married 16 and a half years. She's still hot and she's still funny and she's still naughty. But here's the reality. The longer I know Chantel, the longer I know her, the more I know her. And the more I know her, the more I love her. And throughout Scripture, God starts off as a creator. Then he is a judge. But then, in this story, we understand more about him. This is why the more time you spend reading your Bible, the more you will understand about who God is. That's why we cannot skip the Old Testament. Now trust me, my daily devotion is in numbers at the moment. It is a tricky read, 
But even in Leviticus and Numbers and some of the difficult books of Scripture, what it does is it reveals the nature and the heart of God. And so if you skip books of the Bible, you won't ever fully understand the true nature of God. And the outcome of this story was it wasn't just a bloodbath of an innocent boy, but it actually turns into a narrative of God's blessing and favor in Abraham and Sarah's life. And right now we're all facing immense uncertainty. Energy costs are surging, fuel costs are rising, food inflation, you name it, it's happening around us. In fact, I've never known anything quite like it in my lifetime. And fear is again sweeping through our nation and the, and the media, they want to keep us in fear. The first thing they try to tell us is you might not survive the pandemic and now they're hell bent in saying you won't have enough. The message the media want you to learn right now is you will not have enough and it is in direct con uh, contradiction to God's word. And in the middle of all the doom and gloom, I want us to get a fresh revelation today that God is still your source. God is still your provider. You know, someone once said that worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you don't go anywhere. And what the media want you to do is sit in your chair and just rock in your worry and rock in your fear. But I need some Christians who are going to say, I'm not having to, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to keep moving forward because God has always provided for me. He'll always provide for me. Jesus said, who of you worrying can add a single hour to his life? So if you cannot do such a small thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his glory was adorned like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, even though mine's struggling, struggling right now, how much more will he clothe you? How much more? Will God look after you if he looks after the lilies, the grass of the field? You know, over the, over the last few months, I can't tell you how many times that I've seen materials costs surging. And in the natural, this is the absolute worst time in 50 years to build a church. I'm telling you, this is, this is the worst time ever. But God says, no, it's my time because I just want to prove who's in control. I want to prove who's in charge because I don't want you just to have any old story to tell the next generation. I want you to have a supernatural miracle that you can stand on platforms all around the world and say, if God did it in Norwich, in a tiny little suburb in England, God can do it in my city. God can do it in my nation. So right now is exactly the right time to do what we're doing. But here's the deal. I have to make a daily decision. This is the daily decision. You ready? Do not worry, John. Do not worry, Matt. Do not worry, Nick. Do not worry, Paula. Do not worry, Sharon. Do not worry. You've got to make this decision for yourself. How much more? How much more will God look after you? I'll tell you how much, much more. Much more. Much, much more. And when fear can so easily grip us, Today, I want us to get a fresh understanding of the name of Jehovah Jireh. I want to talk, and the message is simply titled, Jehovah Jireh. The God of more than enough. More than enough. 
And from this story, we see three attributes of Jehovah Jireh absorbed in his name. The first of all is this. You take your notes. Number one is this. Jehovah Jireh, it means the God who sees. The God who sees. Verse 11 says, the angel of the Lord called out to him, just as he placed Isaac on the altar, God sees. Abraham, Abraham, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh in more recent translations. We know Jehovah Jireh as the Lord who supplies or the Lord who is more enough. But the original translation Jehovah Jireh is the God who sees. And in the middle of Abraham's pain and disappointment and resentment, he's about to sacrifice the thing which is closest to him, God sees. I think the first thing we can pull from this story to every young person who's facing a financial struggle, to every business person, every family, to every dad, to every mom. The first thing we need to pull out from this today is this, God sees us. God sees us. God's not caught off guard with what's happening in the economy right now. God sees lack. God sees your, your need. God, God sees loneliness. God sees your pain. God sees your sickness. God sees the broken leg. God sees everything that you're facing right now. God sees. And, and here's, the, here's the deal. If we truly believe that God sees, it changes everything. When my kids know that daddy has seen their problem, it changes everything. If you don't believe that God sees, God can't meet your need. It starts with having a fresh understanding that God sees. You know, if you see a need, it's different from not knowing about a need. Has anyone ever told you after they've been through a whole lot of trouble, and you think, oh my goodness, if I'd have just known. If I'd have known you were in trouble, maybe I could have done something, I could have helped you. But you've got to acknowledge that God sees. And our goal this is really difficult, but our goal in this life is to see our life from God's perspective. See, what the media want to do is to get to see your life from their perspective. But God says today, I want you to see your life from my perspective, because I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. If I say I'm going to supply your needs, I will supply your needs. Not according to the government, not according to welfare. I, my God shall supply all my needs according to the riches of heaven, the blessing and the abundance of heaven. God doesn't just want to see your need. He wants to meet your need. And Abraham in that moment, he has to trust God. And God is saying to us today, I am the God who sees. I am the God who sees. You know, a visually impaired person with a guide dog, they walk in faith according to what their dog sees. They believe that what the dog sees will be translated into a signal for them to either start or stop. Why do they trust the dog? They trust the dog because they, the dog has something that they do not have, which is sight. Why do I trust God right now in this situation? Because God has something that I do not have. He has sight. He has sight. He has foresight. You see, we get trapped in hindsight, and we get trapped in insight. But God says, I don't want you to live 
in hindsight in what I have done. I don't even want you to get trapped in insight, which is current conditions. I want you to live how I see it, which is through the eyes of the faith and through the eyes of supernatural, which is foresight. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the things which have entered into the heart of man. Things which God has prepared for those who love him. So an impaired person says, why am I stopping at this corner? Why am I stopping? Why have you suddenly brought me to a halt? Because the traffic's coming. And because we're being protected from unseen danger. And for some of you in your lives right now, God's put a stop to something. So for some of you, God's put a stop on a relationship. God's put a stop on a business deal, a house deal. And you're saying, God, none of this makes sense. And God's saying, would you just trust me? Because I have something that you do not have in your life. I have foresight. I can see the end from the beginning. And if you will put your faith in me, not in the natural, I will bring you through. 2012, and God showed Chantel and I something that was me specifically about something for our future. We were sitting down watching the television. Chantel was just flicking through her phone. We were living in Cape Town, South Africa. And as I was watching the television, I felt this name literally just come into my thought, Soul Church. I wasn't thinking about starting a church. We certainly weren't thinking about leaving South Africa. Literally just soul church. Couldn't get out of my mind. Soul church. I said to Chantel, does that mean anything to you? She said, nothing. I went on Google. I put soulchurch.com and it came up website for sale. $2,000. And this voice came and said, buy that website. Buy that website. This is 2012. Start of 2012. Buy the website. Made no sense. $2,000. I thought there's only one person who's got $2,000. My mum. <laughs> there she is. Just stand up, mum. This is the... Uh, go on, just stand up. We honour you. <laughs> so I said, mum, I said, I don't know what this means. Don't get excited. This could just be a, a business investment. I said, we're going to buy the website. And it made no sense, but we bought the website. Let me tell you, to the natural eye, when you're living in, serving in a different church, living in a different country, to buy soulchurch.com made no sense. But God could see something. Ten years later, 2022, it's a picture of our new building going to come up on your screens at home and in the room. God will sometimes show you some things on credit. God will sometimes give you just a glimpse because you can't handle the full package. If God had showed me what was coming, I would have been so scared, I would have run a million miles. So he said, you know what, I'll just show you the website name. I'll just show you a little glimpse and then a next step and then the next step. You can't handle what God's got for you. You can't handle it. So God says, I'm going to give you in chunks, little by little, by little. If someone would have said our new building was going to cost 10 million plus at the start of this, I would have said, no, I'm out. God says, no, I'll just, I'll just keep putting the price up a little bit as you go. <laughs> I'll just stretch your faith because faith doesn't want to be snapped. That's reckless. He says, I'll just stretch you a little bit and more and a little bit more. And if God did it last year, he'll do it next year. And then when the building's built, we'll do something bigger than that. And, something. and God will say, I, I'm, just going to, I'm just going to keep growing your faith. Faith is like an elastic band. It has to be stretched to be used. Anyway, I'm going off in a different tangent. The God who sees. I just feel on this, God's going to give some of you a glimpse, especially some of you young people and young adults. God's going to give you a glimpse into your future. 
even in over these summer break, God's going to give you a glimpse into your future, and it's going to make no sense. And God is saying, I'm preparing you for something which is far, far bigger than yourself. Hold on to it. You've got to see. The, I think faith is seeing ourselves from how God sees us. So if you're addicted to something, see yourself free. See yourself how God sees you. If you're in debt, see yourself free from debt. See yourself how God sees you. If you're unsatisfied in your job, see yourself in your new job. If you're, if you're not married, see yourself married. You've got to see yourself sitting next to the family member in church that, that's away from God. You've got to see your life from God's perspective. God said to Abraham, hey, I want you to know first and foremost, before I do anything for you, I see you. I don't need to see it in the natural first. I have to see it in the supernatural. We've been looking at this building in the supernatural for five years. Now we get to see it in the natural. But first, you've got to see your life from how God sees it. Come on, is there someone today that says, I'm going to start seeing my circumstances, my family, my health, my body. Come on, come on, from God's perspective. Stood there as we were singing, all my life you have been faithful. Come on, you sing it. All my life you have been so, so good. Have to be every breath that I am able. Oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. I stood there in worship singing that. I started seeing myself singing it in the new building. All my life you have been faithful. From when you first dropped the website in my spirit in 2012. Imagine if God can do this in 10 years. What he's going to do from 2022 to 2032. Can you imagine the school being built? Can you imagine a hospital being built? Can you see through the eyes of supernatural? Can you see your life from how God sees it? Number one, it's the God who sees. Number two, we've got to keep going. Your roast dinner's in the oven. Number two, God supplies. God sees, God supplies. Verse 13, Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. God sees, but God supplies. You know, when I needed something as a child, I went to my dad. I went to my dad. And when I went to my dad and asked for something, I never once thought about how is he going to get it. Because he was my father. When you say to your dad, can I have an ice cream? You're not thinking, I wonder if he's got the money for it. You're thinking, dad, I need the ice cream. When your kids run to you and say what they need, they're not thinking about how you source their supply. They're just thinking, well, he's my dad. Of course he'll figure out the ice cream. And God doesn't just see, he supplies. And my problem, wait for this, my problem is not God, how are you going to do it? My problem is asking God to do it. But we get so fixated on how God's going to do it and so worried for him. And he's like, I'm so much bigger than a building on Hartsey's Lane. I'm so much bigger. But we get so scared because we don't, have, we don't, maybe he's run out of ideas to reach my family. Maybe he's run out of ideas to heal my body. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to stay quiet. But it's our job to ask him. James 4.2 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Supply isn't just what God does. Supply is who he is. 
God is an abundant supply. Romans 8.32 says, Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he give us anything? Everyone say anything else. If God solved humanity's greatest ever problem, which was eternity, everything else is small by comparison. If God solved humans' biggest issue, which was sin, he can sort out the family situation. Don't you think he loves us enough to help us with our career decisions, health decisions, closing the deal, the deadline? You know, there's no area of your life that doesn't interest God. Yeah. Say that again. There's no area of your life that doesn't interest God. On Monday, we had a, we had a, a, a date. And we went on a bicycle ride, Chantel and I. And um, we, we, we rode from where we live into Norwich, had some lunch and did a ride around the city. And the goal was to do around 40 miles and bike back. And everything went to plan. Met Pete Reeve by accident. He treated us to lunch, an absolute legend. We ate Thai food on the market. Amazing, okay? And... Uh, Thank you, Pete. That was very generous of you. But as we're biking home, we got onto the Marriott's Way track. And just as we got onto the track, I got a puncture. Now, I am not the guy who knows how to change a puncture. Just give me, if you are like me, you would not have a clue. In fact, I don't even carry a pump. Okay? I, I'm just the guy who lives by faith. All right? That's me. Come on, all you... Yeah, okay. All right. So I'm... And Chantel, like, what are we going to do? The kids are in summer, summer camps. We've got to get home. How are we going to get... I said, I'll tell you what, you go ahead and I'll sort it. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I've got to walk for 10 miles back with my bicycle. I'm literally, I didn't even got a pump. I'm not, I could pump it every two minutes. But anyway, so um, she, she, she left and she wasn't overly happy. Were you? She was like, this doesn't work for date day. And I put an Andy Stanley podcast on, just started listening to it. I thought I'd use a couple of hours just to listen to some, some ministry. And, and God goes, are you not going to talk to me about this? It's about 20 minutes in. You're not not going to bring me into your mess. And I'm thinking, this is what I'm thinking. This is far too small for God to be interested in. And three times he said, are you not going to talk to me? And eventually, again, I said, God, can you help me fix my puncture? Within 30 seconds, a little man rides up on a bicycle. He says, hello, I'm Eric from Stockholm, Sweden, and I'm a bike enthusiast. Do you need some help? (laughs) Eric. Yes. Eric, I do need some help. And when I say he's a bike enthusiast, this guy doesn't just carry a puncture repair kit. He carries spares and spanners and all sorts of things. And so for the next 20 minutes, he... I mean, he was even cleaning the rims. I mean, he was this... He was passionate about my bicycle. And he said, 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 "I'm, I'm I'm actually lost. He said, I took the wrong, wrong road. I'm meant to be on a road. I'm on a, on a bicycle track. He said, I'm meant to be going to a different part of Norwich. He said, I just happened to go down here and bump into you. God knows. He already knows. Here's the thing. But he still wants you to ask. I'm going to say that again. God already knows, but he still wants you to ask. Now, good question. Ready? Why does he want to ask if he already knows? Because he longs to hear your voice. Wow. Maybe we are entertaining angels unaware. That's what the Bible says. And God says, you know what? I care about the big issue on Hartsey's Lane with materials costs going up. 
but I also care the fact you need to pick your kids up and you've got a puncture. And the same God who can fix a puncture is exactly the same God who can meet your need. And God is saying today, I just want to hear about your puncture. So the question is this, what's your puncture? What's the thing that God wants to hear your voice about? 1 Peter 5 says this, humble yourselves. Humble yourself under God's almighty hand that he may lift you in due time. Cast all your punctures. Cast all your needs and anxiety on him because he cares for you. You know, I want to encourage you today that your supply is not determined by a person but by your heavenly father. Every time I've ever looked, Chantel and I have ever looked to an individual, a business person, a family member, as my supply, I can be let down. But your source is Jehovah Jireh. And here's the deal, Are you ready? Jehovah Jireh chooses how he supplies. I just wanted a magic miracle on Marriott's way. But God says, no, I'm going to send someone. I got to tell him everything about our church. He was an angel. He wasn't interested anyway because he was already going to heaven. But if he wasn't, and he got to hear about Jesus. But I got to share my story. He got to fix my puncture. And I pointed him in the right direction to get back on the right road. So we're all winners. Right now as a church, you and I, we've got to test the resources of heaven. We need to test the resources of heaven because Jehovah Jireh, he doesn't just see, he meets your need. And this is where God wants you to get you. He wants to get you literally on your knees where you're saying, God, you are more than enough. If you look to the government, if you look to the welfare system for your supply over the next few months, you will be let down. Who God chooses to use is up to him. But God he will meet every single one of your needs because he is the God who sees and he is the God who supplies. Number three, he is the God who sends. Verse 17, God speaks to Abraham again. He's seen his act of obedience and he says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through all the offspring, the nations on earth will be blessed. You will be blessed. Why? Key word. Because you have obeyed me. God says to Abraham, I've seen your need. I've supplied your need. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to send you to others to bless and to help. God doesn't just see or supply. He sends. Stay with me. I know it's warm. Stay with me. God does not just see your need or supply your need. He says, now I'm going to use your supply to be a blessing of source to other words. In other words, I am the answer to somebody else's prayer. I am the answer. It's so easy to have the attitude, especially in this season, of my needs and my challenges and my debt and my lack. And, you know, we live in this generation. It's all about me. And God is saying in this season of struggle, I want you to send you to someone else who's struggling. I'm so proud of our church that in the pandemic, 
We didn't just shut up shop and hide out until the end of the pandemic. We kept the doors wide, wide open to the community. And we said, no, you already supplied. And so in that supply, we're going to go and we're going to send vans to, na- to, to, to neighborhoods and communities. And we're going to be a blessing because we're blessed to be a blessing. And God is saying today that as a church, God is imploring with us and says, will you be the answer to someone else's prayer? You know, someone today is praying, God, see me. And at the same time, God is prompting someone else in the room to go. Send me. Jehovah Jireh, he doesn't just supply, he sends. And this is what happens, you ready? Your supply will become your send. Your supply becomes your send. God is sending you to someone this week to become their answer. You know, our coffee money can be someone else's grocery money. Our phone line can be someone else's lifeline. One phone call can change the trajectory of someone else's life. One small little prayer can be the answer to someone's big miracle. Something that God has given you. God's seen you. He supplied for you. And God says, no, that's not enough. I need to send you. All the nations will be blessed from this day. Someone's, God's blessed you with a car recently and you're, you're feeling really happy with your car and God's saying, yeah, I've only given you that car to help other people to get to church. You're like, well, it's my car. God says, no, 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 you own nothing. We own nothing on this earth. We're just stewards of it. We're just stewards. God is saying, hey, your car is someone else's taxi to church. When was the last time you took someone home or picked someone up for church? When was the last time we helped someone to faith. When was the last time we led someone personally to Jesus? God doesn't just see us or meet our needs. He says, I'm going to send you. That's why Jesus said, go. Go into all the world. Two-thirds of God's name is go. Go. God wants us to go and he sends us. Mum's $2,000 was the first seed into Soul Church 10 years ago. The first seed into our new building. You know, this year, I was told this week that 31,000 people have come through that door on a Sunday this year so far. 31,000 people have come in and experienced the presence of God. Why? Because mum was faithful with her send. Who knows what happened if she said, no, I'm going to block that. Because it's not enough. It's not enough just to acknowledge that God sees you or God supplies you saying, God saying, no, there's, I need to send you. We can all do something for someone else this week. We can all do something. A little boy comes to Jesus with a French stick and some tuna. Makes no sense. But he was the answer to 5,000 hungry bellies that day. It's how God works. He said, oh, God will always see you. He'll always supply But you know what can happen is we can actually become a miracle blocker where God blesses you and you block. You block the blessing on someone else because you are the answer to someone else's need in this room, but you can block it. How? Disobedience. When you feel that thought, I just, why don't you call? Why don't you call Sharon? Why don't you call Gerald? Why don't you call Steve? And you think, ah, they don't need my call. In that moment, that's when they need your call. God is sending you. When you're standing in the grocery line, you're standing in the groceries at Little, 
and the little lady in front of you, she goes to use her card and it, it rejects. And God says, pick it up. And you're saying, well, I, 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 and we have every excuse in the sun. God says, trust me, test me, try me. See, will I not open the windows of heaven? I can put back in your purse more than anything you can imagine. But will you be faithful? Because in that moment, that's your Isaac. And this is how the devil wants us to live, tight, holding on. And God says, no, I'm a releasing God. I'm an abundant God. And if you'll let it go, if you allow me to keep blessing you, allow me to keep seeing you, and you keep going, I'll keep filling it up. And it's a flow. It's a blueprint. And God sees. God supplies. God sends. And it goes round and round and round. And the thing is this, am I a blocker? I am a blesser. Because I can be a blocker. I can be selfish. And boy, have I been tested on this over the last few days, being selfish. Because we're born selfish, but we're born again sacrificial givers. We're born selfish. And so you've got to fight self every day. What can I do for someone else? How can I be a blessing? How can I let go? Because this is God's blueprint. God sees, God supplies, God sends. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We're going to allow the Spirit of God right now. Whenever God supplies, our first thought is this. God, what do you want me to do? For some of you, God's blessed your business. And God's saying, what do you want me to do? Don't block the miracle. When God starts blessing you, Write this down. When God stops, starts blessing you, He's getting ready to send you. When God starts blessing you, He's getting ready to send you. And if the blessing is stopped, there could be a block. The first thing is this. God sees me. God see me. I want to pray right now for three groups of people. First of all, you're saying, God, I'm in need. I've forgotten it because my eyes have been all on the natural, the media, all the various circumstances around me. And God, I, I just need to remind myself that you see me. Just put up your hands. God sees me. God, see me again. See my needs. See my children. Everyone who's saying, God, I need you to see me, come and, come and fill this area here down the front on the left. Okay, just jump out of your seat. Jump out of your seat. Just come, 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 come. Our team, just move across. On. We're going we're gonna to fill this up. We're going to say, God, we're going to pray for people. Say, God. I want to get a fresh revelation today that you're my father and that you see me. Second group I want to pray for. God, I need you to supply my need. I know that you see me. But God, today I've got some needs. And I've been looking to the government. I've been looking to my boss. I've been looking to my employer. I've been looking to all the wrong people. But today, God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are the God of supply. If you need God to supply in a miraculous way, come on, step out of your seat. Come and join me right down here at the front. I'm going to pray. We're going to sing that song, Jaira, More Than Enough. It's not Jairo, More Than Enough. Some of you are looking to your Jairo. It's Jaira. Jaira, More Than Enough. Come on. Come on, you come. Third group. Come in the middle. You need God to supply your needs. Come on. saying, God, I, I know you see me. You've supplied my needs, but God, I, 
I've been a blocker. I've been hoarding. I've been storing. I've been so worried. But today, God, my prayer is, God, use me. God, send me. God, send me. I want to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. I know you're more than enough, and I know you'll do it for me. But God, I want you to send me. Come on, step out of your seat. You're saying, God, send me. Send me to be the answer for someone else's prayer. Thank you, Lord. God, send me. God, send me. I'm going to ask our team, staff, and as many of us as possible, just to, if you're in the pastoral care team, I want you to come and begin as we sing this song. I'm going to pray that God begins to minister. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray right now for these three groups. In group number one, I want you to pray this dangerous prayer. And the prayer is this. God, I know you can see my need and I trust you. I want you to take your eyes off your need and recognize today that God is looking out for you. The moment we get need focused, self focused is where our troubles begin. So today I want you to lift your hands if you're saying, God, see me. God, see me. You see me. You see me. You see my faults. You see my failures. You see what I can be. Father God, you are the God who sees. Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees. And just as I said to God, God, you see my puncture. God wants to fix some punctures here today, some holes. There's some holes in your budget and God's saying, would you, would you just acknowledge that I can see it? Stop trying to fix it on your own. God, I trust you. I want you to say it out loud. Say it so the devil can hear it. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. Come on. God, I trust you. I trust you. My hope today is in Jesus. My finances today are in Jesus. My debt today is in Jesus. Come on, my security is in Him. I choose to remind myself today that you see me. You see me free in Jesus' name. Right now, I'm going to pray for the second group. And this dangerous prayer we're going to pray is this. God, you are my source and you are my supply. Amen. I'm believing today, God's not just going to supply, but cups are going to run over. My cup runneth over. I really feel God wants to not just fill a cup, but here's going to be more. Come on, just lift your hands like a cup right now. We're going to pray for supply. Miracles. Miracles right now. There's overflow coming. Overflow right now in Jesus' name. Overflow. Blessing and increase. My God shall supply all my needs, not according to my own strength, my own my own help, but according to His riches in glory. Father, I pray that You would show up and show off in people's lives this week. I speak the abundance and blessing of heaven right now. Come on, ask Him. He wants to hear Your voice. He wants to hear Your voice. Speak to Him right now. Tell Him Your need. Tell Him what You need. If You need a holiday, You tell Him. If You need a pay rise, You tell Him. If there's more going
us. God is the God of blessing and increase. If you're watching online right now, the same God in the room is the same God in your room. Why don't you stretch out your hands? He sees you. He sees you. Maybe you're sitting all alone in that hospital ward. Maybe you're sitting in your bedroom, in your kitchen. God sees you right now. He's the same God. Why don't you tell Him right now? Why don't you allow your voice to tell Him right now your needs? Prayer number three. This is the third prayer. Just put your hand up if you're saying today, God send me. God send me. What you're really praying is this, is God, I want to be the answer to someone else's prayer. That's what you're really praying. That's the dangerous prayer. But be careful if you pray this prayer because they'll probably be answered quicker than these two. I'll say that again. If you pray this prayer, their prayers will probably get answered quicker because they're basically praying to bless you lot. So you ready? You can go back to your seat if you want to. Because you will be tested. Right, lift your hands. Lift your hands. This is a prayer you pray if you're willing to be inconvenienced. And here's the miracle, by the way. We're all here today because someone else was inconvenienced. Someone stood there and prayed this prayer. The seat we're sitting in was paid for eight years ago. The roof we're under wasn't even paid for by Soul Church. So we are enjoying the blessing of other people who said that prayer. So now we get to pay it forward. So God, right now you see this group of people who have stepped out in faith. And they are saying today, I want to be the answer to someone else's prayer. So God, right now, I prophesy, go. 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 Use me and send me, Lord. Whether it's a coffee, some groceries, a compassion child, a gift for the new building, whatever that is, whatever you do in a person's heart today, Lord, that they would go. And as they release it and as they let it go, Father, you will see it, Father God, and you will supply it and you will send them again. And this, this flow, God, will go through our church, Father. We thank you, Father, that you are the God who sees, you are the God who supplies, and you cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Father, we commit, however rocky the world might get over the next few months, we commit to this. We commit to seeing, seeing our situation how you see it. We commit to knowing that you are our supply and we commit for you sending us wherever we need to go. We thank you that we will not just survive this next season, but this church will have an abundance. There is an abundance of church on this church. There is an abundance of blessing, every need supplied, every bill paid, every business blessed. Father, we don't act according to the natural climate, but the supernatural blessing of heaven. Let me, well over time, but if you're a business owner, maybe, can you, can you all just step back a little? I want to pray for business owners. I felt so 
I, I really feel as a church that God is going to put, put like an umbrella over this church, that there is going to be an abundance on businesses in this season, and especially in all, we, all, all we're going to be endeavoring to do. But if you are a small business owner or a large business owner, just step out of your seat. Come down the front. I want to pray for business owners. Maybe you've just stepped out. Maybe you're self-employed, but you're a business owner. Come, come and I'm going to ask Steve just to come up. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for business owners that God's going to keep you from all evil. If you're with your husband, your wife, your partner, just, just, just take their hand. I think this is a, we're in this together. Come on, Rowan, come forward. Come on, or Derek, come on, right to the front. Come on, all, all the business owners. There's at least two or three of you who don't want to step out. Just step out, come on. Come on, you're a business owner. It doesn't matter how big or small, God's in this. That's a lot of businesses. It's awesome. awesome come on church let's all pray would you stretch out your hands towards these business owners Jesus we want to declare over every business in our church that you are Jehovah Jireh our provider that everything that they need is in you and so we look to you Lord we don't look to the economy or to a new government we look to you Lord Jesus and ask that you would give supernatural wisdom that where there's barrenness all around they would find Goshen they would find supernatural provision that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessing that they cannot and will not contain it strategy to unlock partnerships and form alliances Lord that are going to bring such blessing Lord that they will able be able to send and be a blessing to all those around them so bless every business owner this week give them wisdom give them understanding give them strategy and give them supernatural favor in Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. 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 Come on, let's sing this out all my life. Hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our hands. Amen. Amen. I want to just pray for one more group of people. You see, God sees you. God supplies. God sends, but He does one more thing. He saves. He saves. God redeems people. Maybe you came to church today and you think, my life is a mess. You can't even get to the point where you say, God sees me, but I encourage you, He does see you. But God also wants to save you. And here's the thing, we think we can save ourselves. We think we can save ourselves through good works, save ourselves through so many other areas to try and reach God, but God says, no, you can't do any of that. I sent Jesus down to earth to meet you where you're at because you can't save yourself. You can only be saved through my son Jesus. He loves you. And God has a plan and a, a dream and a destiny for every life, but it begins by a right relationship with him. And I want to give every person in this room, just stand still just for one moment. This is a private moment. Just say, hey, we're online watching, but this is a moment where say, God, I need, I need you to come and save me. Clean out my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Give me a fresh start. We all 
So many of us in this room have already made that decision. Becoming a Christian doesn't, doesn't mean that all your problems disappear. I wish it did. But what it does mean is that someone will be with you. Jesus will be with you in every problem. On your dark days, on your good days. He promises he'll never leave us or forsake us. So today the question I have is this. Do you know Jesus? Not does your parents know Jesus or do you know the church? Do you know Jesus? If you don't know Jesus, this is an opportunity to receive him. And I'm going to pray and say a really simple but powerful prayer. You can receive his love. But I'd love to know who I'm praying for. Online, I'm talking to you in the room. I'm going to count to three and you say, Today, John, I need to, I need to know Jesus. I need Jesus to come and save me. Forgive me of my sin. Give me a brand new start. I'm going to count to three and you say, John, that's me. Just slip up your hand right now. One, two, three. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. Beautiful. Right at the back. Good on you. God bless you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. We're going to say this prayer out loud. We're going to repeat it together. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me to forgive all my sin and failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and to live for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate everyone who prayed that prayer. Hopefully when you lifted up your hand, one of our team would have seen that. But even if you didn't lift up your hand, but you say, I really felt something in that moment, our team are going to be out in the atrium. And we want to give you a gift. It's a Bible. And uh, really just really just cements what has happened today. And I encourage you to keep coming back to church next Sunday. And uh, we'll always bring life-giving ministry from the, from the platform to help you move forward. So make sure you let someone know. If you're watching online, download the Bible app, the Glorify app, and uh, it will help you as you move forward in that decision and let somebody know. Well, did you receive the word today? Brilliant. Did you receive the word today? That was the easy bit. Now you've got to put it into action this week. God is the God who sees. God is the God who supplies. And God is the God who sends. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith@soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.